Well, I recall a schoolboy walking home through fields of cane to a house of tin and timber, and in the sky, a rain of fallen cinders. From time to time, the waste memory wastes. There you have it. If a uh, creamed butter had a voice, it'd be Jimmy Little, wouldn't it? That's just unbelievably good. Jimmy singing a, one of the quintessential Australian songs by the go-betweens, Cattle and Cane. There'll be more of that through the show. Uh, welcome to League Indeed for another week. And of course, this week, we're celebrating Indigenous Round in the NRL and acknowledging and celebrating the contribution that Indigenous players have made to our great game over the years. And we, we really should do this every every week, but I thought today we should do Welcome to Country. Oh, so good. we wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land we're recording on today in the Fatback Studios, the Wadjuk uh, people, and we wish to acknowledge their... Uh, and respect their continuing culture and the contribution they make to the life of this city and this region. And we also like to acknowledge that we're recording on the traditional lands of the Noongar people. So let's get underway, shall we? Well done, Ben. That was good. Uh, what we should do? We'll do that every week from now on. I've yeah. been thinking about it for ages, and I always forget, which is terrible of me. But uh, we really should do it and celebrate. I think we should celebrate. The indigenous contribution every week instead of singling out, like you know, I'm sure that you know we do it and rugby league people do it, and it's and it's uh, but it seems to be you know, like singling out one round or one week of the NRL just seems to be a little bit old hat. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, that, yeah anyway, but it's great that they that they that the NRL have made it a feature of the of the season, and um and it seems to get bigger and bigger everywhere. Have you seen the um the new promo? Remember last year they did, uh, the one with uh the rapper. What's his name? Uh, Briggs, is it? No, no, not Briggs. Um, oh, uh, Baker Boy. Baker Boy. Oh, he's uh, my favourite. Oh, I love Baker Boy. I it was love so him. good. But this, and I've been waiting for the new Fox Sports promo this week, and I saw it last night, and it's fantastic. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, so I'll have it's to really have good. It incorporates indigenous art and and um, uh, you know footage and stuff like that, and the players turn into kind of art and then go back. It's fantastic. Oh, Check great. it out. Uh, righto, let's get to the, the program, shall we? What have you got to talk about this week? I've got notes, notes, notes. Oh, jeez, look at me. I've even made notes this week as well after I got chipped last week for not having, <laughs> not having notes. I, um, I just want to make a correction straight off, if I may. Uh, last week, I taught everybody how to say um, te mare. Oh, yeah. And I said it wrong. Oh. It's, it's not, I think I said te mare. But it's not. It's my te mare. Te, te mare. Te mai, mai re. So te mare. Te mare. Martin. 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 Mm. Yeah, so apologies and, uh, to te mare. He had a pretty good game last week too for the Broncos at the back there. He did. Uh, what do you got? Well, I got lots of stuff, but I want to start with why is Matt Lodge not finishing out the season? Why are they letting him go to play rugby in the bloody park rugby, second grade rugby or whatever, where he paid his uh, paid his fees there and then on the spot saying, can I have a game? Why didn't they make him finish up the season? Well, this is a very mysterious situation. The, the Warriors have paid him out $700,000, which is the remainder of his contract this year and next year. Oh, no, that's the other thing. What's going on? Well, he hasn't signed for a new club. 
Um, it seemed uh, they were calling last night on Fox Sports for uh, the Integrity com- Commission to take a look at. Excuse yeah, me, yeah, take different. a look at this because it is very weird. Like it's an admission of guilt or something from the Warriors. Like they've done something wrong. Yeah, is it hush money or something? Yeah. Or did they promise him that they that they weren't going to move back to New Zealand and that he was all right having his family here in Australia and that it wasn't going to happen? I don't know what's going on. Is there something in his contract? Because this is bizarre. Yeah, it's very odd. I don't know. I'm sure there'll be more to come out of this because um, he, like you say, he signed up to play rugby, third grade rugby union this week. And he already looks a bit overweight, judging by the jersey. Maybe the jersey, but it already looks like he's kind of out of... Com- you know, when you see some of these players and they're, uh, you know, very uh, out of shape and they're playing, you know, sort of local local footy or whatever, he already looks like that. But he only he didn't play last week, but he played the week before. So, I don't know, it's very confusing. Yeah, odd. Anyway. So, um, if anyone's got any mail on this or any news, although they're insiders, let us know here on the show because I'm keen to get to the bottom of this well, because... Well, um, controversy and problems like this, just follow this bloke. It can't be a coincidence. He's a, he's a, a known... Well, uh, there's all the New York stuff where he got well, arrested yeah, but there was all that aside. But since, yeah, since then, then, I know. There's been all kinds of crazy stuff going on around him. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if something nefarious has happened. But but anyway, well, well, I'm there was sure news we'll hear of more him, about it. There was news of him buying a house in Manly as well. That was the other thing that I saw is that he bought a house in the Northern Beaches. But, you know, they buy property anywhere and maybe someone's advising him that that's a good area. It's not meaning that he's going to Manly next year, but there's still no word on where he's signed so, or if he's been signed at all. So very strange. Well, uh, Why would you sign if you got 700 grand in the bank? Well, that's the thing. That's the conundrum with this bloke is he's a known, um, I won't call him a piece of shit, <laughs> shit bag. Yeah, he's a known <laughs> shit bag, but he can play footy. So, do does I mean? Because and a club's going to get him for nothing because he's already been paid for next yeah. year. So, do you suck it up and say we need we need some you know front row talent and we don't care what kind of character the bloke's got and we're going to get him for nothing and it might help us win a comp. I don't know. We'll see what plays mm-hmm. out with that one. Very strange. You know what I saw on the weekend was uh, a new ref. One of the new refs. I think it might have been the fellow that. Um, that you chipped him on his uh, on his appearance <laughs> with his heavy brow and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Have we worked out his name yet? Ah, uh, no. We should really yeah, look well, that you up. Keep talking. But then. you know what I saw him do was he pointed. You know when they when a, a team elects to take a a penalty goal for a penalty, they take the kick at goal rather than put it out into touch. You know when the refs bring their arms together and point to the sticks. Yeah. Well, this fella pointed at the touchies like left and right and then brought his hands together and i thought oh that's what it means you point to the touchies to bring them around behind the goalposts and i thought that's the best contribution i've seen from a referee from from in my whole life and i I, I just wanted to congratulate him but i really should have looked up his name liam kennedy his name liam kennedy that's him so we've got liam kennedy so i've just found the website nrl operations they're all on and so um well done i'm looking at him now so uh so that's what he was doing right well that's there that's the and that must have you know when they do that that stems from what they must have done back in the old days you point to the touches and and that's your way of telling them that the the kick for goal is coming so you got to get around behind the posts fantastic 
fantastic. Wouldn't you think that they'd know that anyway? No, they never do it. All the, all the big heads never do it. They just they never look at their touchies. They just bring their bring their pointer fingers together towards the posts, and and that's good enough for them. But not for Liam. Liam respects the traditions. Yeah. But talking of refs, did mm-hmm. you see that uh, there's been a couple of credible ref death threats through yes, the week? I saw that. That Peter Volandis said he's not going to take. Uh, what do you think? Well, as much as you, and we're no fans of the referees, but death threats are just ridiculous. Whoever's doing this. Does it stem from, do, do you have to? It stems from betting. Yeah, well, that was going to be my next question. Well, it's pretty obvious. It has isn't to, it? yeah. Someone's blown all their bloody money yeah. and taken it out on the wrong thing rather than taking it out on themselves for being stupid enough to lose all this money like it's just ridiculous well i try i try my hardest every year to not not criticize the refs because it is it's a it's probably one of the most difficult jobs you could have and they're just they're human aren't they some of them are big heads some of them aren't some of them respect the traditions like liam kennedy but i'm gonna make a stand today i'm putting my foot down and my fist on the desk and i'm saying i'm not criticising referees from this day forth. Good. I was hoping you'd say that because you know what I did on the weekend? Uh, had a bet and lost and threatened a ref to punch him in the face and then stab him in the guts? No. Oh. I refereed a couple of games down oh, at the local. And so I, I forgot to mention this. that um, So my my guys, my under sevens play at about nine o'clock and so then my, my seven-year-old wants to go play on the playground equipment so I'll say, okay, well, I'll duck over to the under sixes and I'll referee because this year there's a shortage of referees. Last last year there was referees like young, you know, kind of 16, 17-year-olds that were coming and learning the art of refereeing and they were great. They were tremendous, really, really good and they had all the proper referee gear on and everything. This year there's a shortage of them. No one wants to do it, so we have to referee our own games. So... If you're out there trying to teach kids how to play football, where to find the gaps, you know, how to get their defence straight, uh, it's really hard to referee at the same time. And so usually for my own games, I'll get someone from the crowd to kind of referee. There's usually a few uh, other coaches or whatever hanging around from other grades. So that's fine. But then I thought, okay, well, I'll do my bit and I'll go and I'll referee a couple of games. Uh, The under sixes. (laughs) And so it might sound laughable, but it's... It's a you get a bit of a taste of what these referees actually go through. Oh, you can't because, imagine how tough it is. Yeah, because even in the crowd, like I heard, um, there was one, and you, you're pretty lenient on these under sixes. You know, they're learning the game, and you don't want to discourage them if they drop a ball over the try line. You still give it and everything like that. And I actually had someone from the crowd, and they didn't scream at me or anything, but they said, "Oh, you're going to give that, are you?" And the kid got over the line, he bounced it. And I'm like, shit, he's five years old, like, give it. And, and you know, they run back and they're all on cloud nine because they've scored a try. But there's someone in the crowd goes, oh, you're going to give that, are you, mate? And I had to bite my tongue and not bite back and say, well, of course I'm going to give it. He's five years old. And you know what I mean? And, and But it just puts this little bit of pressure on you to double to, to think twice next time. And that's in under sixes. Well, that's a great example because then, it, like, the other argument could be, well, how's that kid going to learn, you know, yeah. what what a try is? Like, next time he scores it and the ref doesn't, or next time he drops it over the line and the ref knocks it back, is he going to go, well, wow. 
You but gave it you, to me last time because that's exactly what happens in the NRL. They yeah. talk about the inconsistencies, don't they? But then you say to them after they've done it next time, can you put the ball down? And the, and the coaches are on the field with them and they'll say it. If they're a good coach, they'll say it as well. Next time, you know, put it down. And so, Well, that's my one. That's my biggest, my biggest gripe with the NRL at the moment is the ref coaching that goes on on the field. Next time, next time don't be offside, mate. Next time play yeah. the ball properly. Next time do this. Next time do that. Just penalise them. Well, what I want to say. I'm not chipping you, by the way. No, no, you're what obviously I, a different age group. And I, I don't have any certifications or anything like that. Um, but what I want to say is these players need to shut up. They need to. I, I saw Jake Trebojevic was my number one on the weekend, did not shut up. And so when the referee is walking back, who's there right there next to him is Jake Trebojevic the whole time, just question, question. I don't even know if he's a captain, but just running his mouth the entire time. Sorry, we just had a little ghost or a dog or something in the studio there. But uh, anyway, back to my point, is the referees need to be able to just not to tell these guys to go away. Well, he did. Jared Sutton sent JWH off for oh, coming well, at him with his chest out and in a threatening manner and effing this and effing that and you're targeting me and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Yeah, we'll get to that. But um, yeah, but in so that's an extreme example of someone swearing at the referee, which should never be tolerated. And of course, his coach came out and backed him up and said, you know, he's done nothing wrong. Oh, he swore, but, you know, it wasn't at him and blah, blah, blah. But these players shouldn't even be allowed to uh, to talk to the referees, I reckon. That would fix a lot of stuff. And then these refs wouldn't be thinking twice next time they've got to make a decision because, oh, what have I got to bloody put up with Jake Turbo coming over to me? Well, I qualify my statement and not chipping referees by saying that I will 100% still be criticising the, the uh, administrators, the bosses, Jared Maxwell and um, Graham Annesley and those guys because 99% of the refereeing problems come from up top, I reckon all the directives and KPIs Absolutely at these points. Absolutely, yeah. they do. So let's. Uh, that, I'm moving on. Good. No so we're refs. not going to be negative anymore about these refs. They're human. They, they make are. mistakes. That's good. And, yeah, and I, I think if we go back through the tapes, you'll find that it's not really the referees. It's more the system. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I should say I will still criticise the bunker the, too. This, yeah. Well, Steve Chitty's been sacked after his. Uh, his remember Matt Lodge laid down in front of the post against the Raiders, and mm. Steve Chitty said that it was a penalty. Well, he he got sacked that the round after that, and I didn't hear about it. But he hasn't had a, a um, bunker gig since, so it looks like he's been resold. Oh, because he's not on the list of administrators here or operations mm. list at all. So um, mm, that's uh, interesting. CHT's Chanel Harris Tavita retired during the week. He will play out the season, but he just decided he's had enough of rugby league at the age of twenty-three. What do you think about this? Well, he's going to go be a writer. Mm, good on him. Well, you follow your dreams. I love Chanel Harris Tavita. I was kind of hoping the Raiders would pick him up. Yeah, but uh, his heart's not in it, and that's good. I, 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 you you got to commend these guys. They say that my heart's not in it, rather than going another two seasons and signing and playing like crap, like Sean Johnson. <coughs> yeah, and um, and yeah, you got to you got to give it to the bloke. Like, good on him for uh, chasing his dreams. Do you think it had anything to do with his exploded testicle? Well, it had to have had something to do with that because you don't want to be twenty-two years old and what running around with busted testicles. There, mm. he might need them. No. Um, yeah, but I don't. What's he going to be writing? Children's books? They seem to be all the rage at the moment. I know that bloody uh, the racist Braith, um, sorry, uh, <laughs> James Tedesco's got one out about his Italian heritage of all bloody things, and he's a racist. I read an article on the uh, during the week about a British man who's eaten nothing but sausage and chips for twenty two years. Oh, he sounds like my two year old, three year old. 
that's all he's eaten, sausages and chips. <laughs> and I was wondering, what would you, if you could only eat one thing for the next 22 years, what would it be? You know what I like? I like uh, saladas with cheese and Vegemite. And I have salada on the bottom and butter and cheese usually. And then a middle layer with butter on it. And then Vegemite on top of that. And then a top of it. So it's a triple decker. And I could probably eat that for the rest of my life. You reckon? No, no. Sausage and chips. Jesus, what? Every meal. Every meal. That does. Yeah, that's. Uh, how old is he? Oh, he's he's forty in his forties. Oh. But for the last twenty-two years, that's all he's eaten. How's he look? Oh, not well. How's his skin look? Not well. Clammy. Um, if you could, uh, interesting point on our group chat during the week too about our comments last week regarding the how many ads there are on Fox Sports and Ko or Fox League and Ko, and one of the comments was soon it'll be pay to remove the ads, you know, like on an app. Uh, like an app, What yeah. do you think about that? Oh, do you think that's going to happen? Ridiculous idea, but how much is it? It's about $25 a month, I think, KO, so it's not as expensive as what Fox tells. So you've got you to kind of take your lumps a little bit if you're only paying five bucks a week. But it's getting worse. I, I paid oh, yeah. close attention to it during the week, and there's so many ads about, um, so many betting ads, which we've whinged about before, alcohol ads. But now with the the boxing promotion for uh, for uh, George Columbosis versus Devin Haney, the great new. There's another stupid greyhound race coming up. Well, I saw it that. Just Matt, never ends. Matt Nable did a puff piece on a greyhound race. Yeah, well, like, that the world's colliding. Yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> so, but if if they said, okay, well, Ko is going to be twenty five dollars a month now instead of twenty two dollars a month, and we cut back the ads, and would you reckon people would pay it? Of course, I of course would. they would. I'd pay, you know, yeah, an extra five bucks a month or something to get rid of the but ads. But then they shouldn't be blackmailing you, and they shouldn't be holding you, you know, holding a gun against your head with that because. But then they know they got you because what do you do? What's the alternative? I spoke to someone the other day. I said, did you see the game on the weekend? He said, I don't have Foxtel. And I said, haven't you got KO? And he said, no, I don't have KO either. So he only gets to watch the Channel 9 games. So that's the gun they're holding to your head. Well, that's a, that's a, a good point because people in Perth on the maybe an in, imminent announcement about a, 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 a co-op, uh, what do you call it? Collaboration with the North Sydney Bears. If the only access to rugby league people have got in Perth or anywhere in Australia, is the Channel 9 coverage, then we're fucked. Yeah, we're screwed. Because that, I mean, I have, admittedly, I haven't watched it for forever, but the ones I, the ones I happen to have caught over the last few years, it's disgraceful coverage. Awful. And so, I think Perth is okay because a lot of AFL fans over here, so I think they still have KO or Foxtel because there's not a huge, like Channel 7 will play a Dockers or a West Coast game, but they won't play all the games. So, yeah, I don't know if people over here have got KO or not, but yeah, they're going to have to if they're going to want to watch rugby league, aren't they? But, uh, I don't know. What do you do? I, like those ads that come on at half time. Like I'd, I'd love to see a bit more game analysis and have Cooper Cronk or Benji Marshall actually break down what's going on. But no, we just got Greyhound race ads. So what do you do? I don't know. A couple of Cowboys injured pretty badly during the game on the weekend with uh, severe knee injuries. And it was highlighted during the week that 
the storm tackling technique, or in particular, uh, Brandon, Brandon Smith, Smith, could have something to do with this. Did you did you take any notice of this one? Did I what? Go back through the group chat and say he twisted, and you'll see a message from me saying he twisted him in that tackle. It was that exact tackle that they're talking about, and I spotted it straight away because I'm always on the lookout for where Melbourne are bloody going to try to get some advantage by cheatery. Well, I looked at... And I, I was howled down. No, well, yeah, because I don't think there was much wrong with it. I think it was just... It wasn't a... A, a cannonball. No. But. He twi- definitely well, twisted. Well, no, I, I don't think that injury happened during the twist. I think it was the impact. And it was clear that Brandon was spearing in at the legs, but not in the classic cannonball fashion where two blokes are holding him up and you come in on the lower, you know, on the yeah. on the shin. It was more around the thighs, but they were vicious tackles. And, and there's been a lot of argument in both camps about about it saying that it's just a traditional rugby league tackle, a traditional legs tackle. But when you go back and look at it again, you really think, oh, well, maybe it's not because the traditional legs tackle was was uh, driving around the hips, wrap around, and then drop to the legs and take away the, the feet. Yeah, that's right. But this is more of a, a vicious, you know, um, shoulder tackle with impact to the leg which is very different to what we used to see in the old days. So it's it's a it's a pretty weird situation because I know one Fox Sports commentator in particular has called out the storm and saying this is a new tactic to designed to purposely injure. Of the- course you can't tell me they don't have people coming in, they have their wrestling coaches and all of that. You can't tell me that someone hasn't worked out that this is a new way to do it and we'll just run with it until they clamp down on it. And Bellamy's come out and said, "Oh, do we need to get protractors out and carrying on?" Well, they know. They well, know I don't. I, I like to think that they're not going out there to purposely injure people, but it's a Melbourne Storm and they've got form. So. Yeah, and whether it's coming from the players or not, I wouldn't put it past Brandon Smith to actually have come up with this himself. All right. Well, there's a lot of talking points to digest, I suppose. So we're at uh, Indigenous Round this week. Next up, we've got a, a very exciting special guest. <laughs> And I recall A boy in bigger pants Like everyone Just waiting for a chance Very special guest today on League Indeed. We've got Cowra Magpies Rugby League President Mark McLeish on the line. G'day, Mark. Hey, Ben. Hey, Sam. How are you? Good morning, Mark. How are you today? Now, well... That's good to hear. We, we were talking to Craig from Goolagong last week about uh, Royce Simmons' big walk uh, from, from Goolagong to Penrith, which passed through Cowra. But in uh, in passing, he mentioned that there was big rugby league news coming out of Cowra, but he said that he was going to do the polite thing and leave it to you. So we've got the exclusive this week. Can you tell us what's going on at the Magpies? Well, I, I, I do appreciate Craig's enthusiasm, and um, while it is big... Uh, <laughs> Big, um, big news rugby league-wise for the Cara Magpies. Uh, it's it's uh, um, something very exciting that we've been managed to uh, secure some federal um, grant funding to to um, run our uh, Indigenous Heritage Day this year, which, um, as I have spoken to you before about on the podcast, it's our hundredth year this year. Um, we'd also uh, we're also paying homage to the Indigenous history. Um, of the club over a hundred year period because the um, Rambi All Blacks um, are also in their hundredth year this year, which is uh, which is quite amazing. So um, we've managed to get some funding to to put on some activities in the week leading up to that game. 
That's fantastic. Are you going to run it in conjunction? Well, obviously not because um, it'll be a little bit short notice, I suppose, but do you have plans in the future to run it in conjunction with the NRL Indigenous Round? Yeah, look, it's it's one of those things um, where we'd love to run a lot of things in conjunction, you know, with NADOC or, or you know, the, the Women in League Round and things like that. But unfortunately, with, with the draw um, in country footy sort of getting later and later, it's very hard to to sort of make things sync because um, there's a six to eight eight week waiting period on on jerseys and things like that to be safe so it's it's very hard to make all that work um it, it's something we've talked about and something that we'd like to to consider but um you know it's it's a, it's a it's a case of sort of ordering ordering what you need well and truly out hoping that you you get a break with the drawer and make sure you're at home and uh, you know we'd love to do it and Anzac jersey, but we just can't guarantee that we'd be we'd be home on that that particular time frame. Yeah, it's a pretty fine line, I suppose. Country clubs trying to run things in conjunction because then you got all the outlay of the extra, you know, the cost of the jerseys and all that kind of thing, which doesn't necessarily translate into sales like it does in the NRL, I suppose. That's correct, and it's very much a zero to zero sort of uh, financial situation for most clubs in the bush. So. Uh, we finish the finish the year with nothing, and we start with nothing, and we, we try and make it work in between. Where does that funding come from for jerseys and and playing gear? And uh, how many how many jerseys do you run typically during a, a season? Well, the, um, the 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 primarily it's our sponsorships, obviously. Um, um, we're we're lucky enough with um, I'm cash for comment. Um, the uh, the Cara Services Club are a very generous sponsor on a major situation to the tune of about twenty thousand um, dollars, and then uh, we managed to sort of to attract around sixty k in sponsorships, um, including that, uh, and the rest, mate, is uh, just what we can, you know, old-fashioned chook raffles and joker draws and, and and fundraisers throughout the year. And that's a big part of your job is coordinating all that sort of thing. And I've seen it firsthand and you do a terrific job. Well, on the, on the, um, uh, because it is Indigenous around this week in the NRL, I just want to get your opinion on the importance of Indigenous players out in the bush. Oh, look, it's, there's, there's, there's a few different ways of looking at the importance of it and the significance of it is that, um, is that the Indigenous community has um, sort of provided um rugby league with some of the greatest players we've ever seen um, and that's you know that that goes a long way back um and um you know so that 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 feeding feeding into the elite systems from um, indigenous players is uh, is is an outstanding achievement over a long period of time and uh, i think preston campbell's um initiatives with the with the um all-stars games sort of really showcase that and you you sort of sit back and go, wow, once you really look at it, the Indigenous players throughout history, they've been right up there. Um, we've also got to look at it and what we're looking at it as from a local level is is that um, rugby league can provide a pathway for uh, not, not just Indigenous people, but, um, but, but people that are... Um, you know, needing a direction in life and needing a uh, needing an outlet for their energy and and and, and opportunities for their talents. Um, you know, so um, the the Ramley All Blacks, for instance, is you know uh, got got some pretty torrid periods through history. Through you know, it, it gave it gave the people at the mission something to look to and and aspire to, and um, you know, and that's that's still existing today. Uh, as the Urambi All Blacks have had a have had a continual history of a hundred years uh, by way of playing in the knockouts on an annual basis. Yeah, it's it's a, a proud Indigenous town, Cowra, and they, there's been a lot of um, spectacular football players to come out of there. Not least 
of all the indigenous players. So um, it, it's it's good. Is there any uh, school rugby league programs going on in Cowra at the moment? Uh, school rugby league. I, I, to be honest with you, I couldn't say um, say too much. No, there's not a lot going on in the schools. Uh, you know, occasionally the NRL will send people out um, into the into the schools, and um, well, Carrahawa schools just just hosted um, Latrell, uh, Latrell Mitchell and um, and Cody Walker out here to to um, do a bit of fundraising and the likes for them, which was great. And um, um, the school system seems to be a little bit disjointed from the NRL and New South Wales rugby league at the moment. Uh, I mean, the, the school school uh, boys uh, representative stuff was on the weekend, um, you know, so school boys stuff on the weekend um, is pretty disruptive to club footy. Um, our under-18s had three of their, their better players sort of out this weekend as a result. Um, you know, so the left hand's not really telling the right hand what's going on um, from, from that point of view. Um, but I, I think um, going forward, rugby league has to really look at the school system um, very much like the Americans do with the gridiron, I think. And um, you know, it's a good opportunity to, to to have the elite pathways generated through the schools rather than club footy, um, which would encourage kids to stay in school longer, obviously, and, and give the opportunity for, for educational um, consistency and requirements to continue in those programs. And, um, you know, scholarships and the likes would be a, a wonderful way of, um, of sort of feeding the game with elite players as well as uh, giving the kids a future beyond football. I think on any given day over here in Perth, um, you can see NRL cars parked outside schools and there's always workshops and things like that going on, especially in primary schools. And maybe that's because of the competition from the AFL and from soccer over here. Uh, that yeah, the NRL but, is a lot more proactive in trying to get kids from the ground up like um, to participate in NRL. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't happen, and I certainly don't want to turn my interview into a bit of a whinge fest about <laughs> about the, the powers that be. But, uh, you know, we, we've heard heard words of, um, you know, Penrith having players out here in the school system and the local leagues know nothing of it. Um, you know, so to, to, to contact myself or the president of Junior Rugby League and say, look, We've got some players coming out. Have you got some players that come can come with us? Which would lift the profile of your club um, as being a, a sort of a, 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 a joint joint venture to promote the game not only not only for um, Oak Milk but also the Cara Magpies. Mm. Um, you know, so it, it's it's once again there's this little bit of little bit of disjointing, um, you know, from from the elite levels down to the grassroots. Um, you know, we've we've got patchy patchiness in junior numbers here, where some some age divisions are fantastic and some age divisions are, are running very light. So if we know they're coming, then we can tell them what age group we need them to target in their in their campaigns. Um, you know, so it's um, it's just communication, and and I, I truly don't believe the NRL understand or or they're ignorant to the fact that um, uh, you know if if grassroots footy dies, so does their product. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And, uh, the NRL tends to take New South Wales and Queensland for granted, I think, because 99% of the players come from there. So anyway, yes. um, so we did talk to Craig last week about Royce's big walk, and uh, I know you were there when the walk came through Cowra. Can you tell us uh, what happened, what kind of fundraising events there were and, and how Royce was? Just an overview of the whole thing. It looked fantastic on the TV. Well, I had a great time. I, I was actually privileged enough to um, to MC the uh, the Goolagong fundraiser on the Monday night before he before he actually left for his walk, um, which was a, a a really nice uh, really nice night around 
uh, Goolagong, the, the country club, was full to the brim. I haven't seen it like that since uh, since the old classic days. Um, and um, we had Greg Brentnell and uh, and Chris Mortimer there to to help help Royce through the night. Um, you could tell that you know that there was a, a certain amount of emotion in the room, which is understandable. But uh, but I think for Royce to um, to really kicked off proceedings in in Goolagong was was really nice, you know. And um, my conversations with him before the before the show started, you know, I, I was wasn't sure where he wanted me to to sort of lead things um, when it came to talking about the dementia and things like that. But um, much like he was at a player, mate, just just head on, just <laughs> balls and all, let's go. And um, and mate, he just said that's what we're here to talk about, so that's what we're talking about. And uh, you know, so his his attitude towards uh, the awareness in particular, uh, the fundraising, um, while extremely important to him, is is secondary to the awareness campaign. That's the feeling I got from our conversation. Um, that um, you know, he he's he's really out there to tell his story and and make that a positive thing. So, um, and then you know that was that was great. And um, Chris Mortimer and Greg Brentnell were fantastic. Um, we then Cara Magpies hosted an afternoon at Sid Callis Oval, the local ground um, where Royce played. Um, or was part of two um, grand final teams for Cara. Um, we had all our junior footballers from under sixes right through to under 16s and then all of our grade players, um, ladies league tag 18s, reserves in first grade, all over there in kit and we basically welcomed Royce onto the ground and uh, we had a we had a photo taken with him with, with basically every player, every rugby league player in Cowra. Um, so that was that was a special night. Um, I, I think um, the gravity of things for, for a lot of the locals really you know, it really hit them that, that this is one of our guys, this is one of our old boys, and he's doing something great, and uh, and they really got behind him. So uh, the fundraiser at the bowling club that night was once again successful. So I think in that Monday, Tuesday night, there was just over 50000 raised um, by two very small communities. So it was uh, it was an outstanding effort. But, um, you know, fundraising aside, it, it just had a very special feeling to it. Um, and, and quite appropriate in our in our hundredth year. I, I mean, you know, I say that cautiously. You know, I don't want to <laughs> make it out to be something it's not. But but to have that happen within our hundredth year, just it just all really add, added to the, um, uh, to the to the history of the club and the, the feeling around the club at the moment. Well, he's got one day until he walks into Bluebet Stadium. One day, six hours, and he's raised five hundred and thirty thousand dollars so far. So tremendous yeah, effort. I, and- I've got a feeling there might be some um, oh, pretty was... pretty heavy hitters that will make sure it reaches the million mark. Yeah, yeah. they'll smash that. Um, but yeah, but to yeah. think that ten percent of that came from Cowra. Yeah, that's an unreal effort. Unbelievable yeah. effort there. And, yeah, um, it I, is, I, it is. I saw and, that. Uh, I saw that photo it was quite stirring. Seeing all the kids in the magpie gear, there's about a hundred of them there. Yeah, yeah, and we were actually down on a few numbers because uh, obviously blokes with work and things like that. Uh, you know, so we're we're gonna have another crack at that photo a bit later on in the year when. Um, when we get Royce and Andrew out for our, uh, our hundred years celebrations, um, we'll also have Barry Beath and uh, Shannon Boyd there as well, um, and uh, hopefully um, Tommy Radonik is his widow to to sort of represent uh, our internationals. Um, so we've had six internationals, and uh, we we're we're hoping to have uh, all of our our surviving internationals in the photo and and the uh, the families of the of the not surviving. Yeah. Fantastic. I was I was talking to my English friend at work yesterday, and he said uh, something about he needed to go and get his Hampsteads fixed. And I said, "What's he?" And he said, "Hampstead Heath." And I said, "He talking rhyming slang for teeth?" And he went, "Yeah." And I said, "It's not Hampstead. It's Barry." <laughs> <laughs> Bloody yeah. pommies. 
Yeah, anyway, got no idea, man. No, none. It's um, <laughs> it's been fantastic to catch up with the goings on in um, Cowra and indeed rugby league in the bush out in New South Wales, a heartland. But we can't let you go without the famous league indeed quiz. Well, you, I think you're the only person that's ever taken it, but you're going to cop it again. Are you ready? Can I, can I interrupt before you start? Is that yeah, okay? of course. Uh, just, just about the Indigenous uh, Heritage Day, just keep an eye out uh, for any local listeners, um, which I know there's a lot of. Um, the, the funding's not only to put some um, commemorative jerseys on the players and play on the day. We've actually, uh, um, Dr. Lawrence Bamblett, who uh, is the historian behind the All Blacks and the history of the All Blacks and a lot of things Indigenous in the Cowra, uh, as well as nationwide, um, we'll be putting on a, um, a seminar and, and sort of going through the history of the All Blacks and, uh, and the contributions to rugby league over a hundred year period. Um, we'll also be having Michaela Jeffries running an art workshop during the week. Um, uh, one of those sort of um, sip on a sip on a glass of plonk while you learn how to how to do a painting um, happening during <laughs> was... the week, as well as uh, as well as a dance workshop by Dinawan's Connection. Um, who um, will be teaching as many people as we can a war cry, um, which we'll be performing before the games on on the Saturday. Unreal. I was going to ask about Michaela. Did she design the Did she design the Indigenous jersey for you? Because I saw a wonderful artwork that she did. That um, that you had well, up for auction. That, that artwork will actually be reflected on the Ladies' Day jerseys. Wow, the girls was... have adopted that into their pink day. Yeah. Um, but the the jerseys that we'll be wearing will be replicas of the nineteen twenty two uh, All Blacks. Um, jersey so oh. uh, um, long sleeves and all oh and can you buy those uh we'll be certainly making them available yeah well mm. long, long sleeves and collars boys cotton unfortunately no no oh. no we um but look, you can go if fishing we could, in these if we then. could find someone to do it they'd probably cost us an absolute fortune, yeah yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> all right well, when wonderful. is when's that happening sorry i missed it uh, that will be on Saturday, August 6th. Um, it's our final home game of the year against Orange Hawks. It's right. also going to be our old boys' day and um, and sponsors' day, so uh, huge day of footy over there at Sid Callis. Unreal. I wish I could be there. All right, so we're going to have a, a, a set of – well, it's, you're going to get a set of six, but there's going to be a twist on the fifth, all right? If it's bloody identical to the last one, can I have a quick listen to the first one? No. No. All right. You probably catch me up on it. <laughs> <No. laughs> it's not a quiz. It's a. It's you know light-hearted part of the interview. Well, fair enough. Yeah. All right. Here we go. Best Indigenous NRL player ever. Oh, jeez. Uh, it's hard for me to say ever because there's been so many of them. But well, um, no. Sorry, me, I should rephrase. The best one. Best Indigenous player you've seen. I. I'm not going to say the best, but the most exciting would have to be Nathan Blacklock. Oh, good choice. Mm. Uh, best Indigenous Magpie, Cowra Magpie. Best Indigenous Cowra Magpie. Um, yourself, look, I, you're I, not allowed to pick yourself either. No, no, I, I've I've played with a lot. Um, um, sort of Bert Gordon, Wilfred Williams come to lot um, in mind, but um, I think based on just achievement and what they've done in the game, it would have to be Joe Bug. Joe Bug, good choice. Yeah. Uh, best ground to watch footy at anywhere in the world. Oh, that you've been to. Um, geez, I tell you, I, I, I didn't mind that night. Sam and I went over and watched the international over in Perth. I, I actually thought that was a great ground. I was going to say, uh, you've been to NIB stadium. Was that NIB? Yep. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, between that and, um, I, I actually do like Melbourne, uh, Amy Park. Yeah. I've never been there. Hmm. It, it's a fantastic, uh, unfortunately I got, um, Storm supporters tickets that night and, um, 
we were sitting down there in our red Vs and uh, <laughs> the, the, the ground control people come down and said, do you realise you're sitting in the Thunderbox? And I said, well, that obviously means something else in Victoria. Um, <laughs> Thunderbox. And she said, would you prefer to move? I said, no, I'm, I'm good here. <laughs> but they tried to bribe me out of the Thunderbox and I wasn't going anywhere. I was so, going to say, you would have been in your element in amongst all the... You'd never, oh, never I did Billy Slater just copped it from me all night, and then I copped it from about 5,000 people around me. Oh, they and, would have all uh, been was, wag- wagging their fingers at you and bloody quaffing their that, Chardonnay. That was, the night, that was the night we were uh, absolutely crueled after the siren by a late play of the ball, and uh, um, I knew I was right because every one of those 5,000 people just put their heads down and walked out <laughs> without saying a damn word to me. But uh, I did. Uh, I did consume about four nests of their fine. <laughs> nests. What's one one rule you'd change in the NRL or get rid of? Uh, one. Yeah, one. <laughs> <laughs> we don't want to be here all day. I, um, look, I, I, I've never been a fan of the seven tackle rule. Um, I, I think it was made to accommodate one player and one player only. And, Oh, I agree. Um, it's a, it's a stain on the game. I agree wholeheartedly. Bunker or no bunker? <laughs> uh, I'm 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 a bit old fashioned. One bloke in the middle put up with his decisions, and off we go. Yeah, I agree. Right. I'm agree. I think I refreshing agree with yeah. every single answer so far. Refreshing. Except, yeah, that's good. No, but uh, we've got to the fifth, and uh, you've been caught yeah. laying all over the play the ball. So the ref's called six again. Uh, <laughs> right. <laughs> this is well, that, that was the second one I just said. <laughs> Best sandwich. Best sandwich. Best sandwich. <laughs> best type of sandwich or the best one I've ate? Uh, let's go. Yeah, best one you've ever eaten. No, but your, what, what's your go-to? What are you going to make if, you, if you've got all of the things available in front of you? What are you going to put together? Look, if I'm going flash, I, I love a Reuben. Oh, if I'm going, um, if if I'm going, if if I'm going traditional, just home style stuff, it, it's 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 got to be it's got to be egg and lettuce. Oh, oh, yeah! I wasn't expecting that. I thought Won't you'd you? be a Devon and tomato sauce man. Well, I I, I do like me Devon on a big buttery <laughs> slab of toast. <laughs> oh yeah, but, toast. Uh, yeah, but I got to say I did manage a um, a function centre for twenty years, so the CWA girls uh, oh, yeah. and the likes. Um, the, yeah, to pick to pick one favourite sandwich is just yeah. I thought you were going to go toasted ham, cheese, and tomato. To be honest, but well, I moved away from tomato because I, I eat a lot in the van on the run and. <laughs> and make up a on mess your of chest. myself. <laughs> uh, favorite. Wear my lunch on my sleeve, so to speak. <laughs> favorite smell. Favorite. Favorite what? Smell. Smell. Yeah, smell. Favorite smell. Freshly oh, clean carpets. I know the novelty wears <laughs> off that, and I use a lot of citrus solvent too. So any, anything, anything of that persuasion is gone as well. <laughs> Oh, look, is there anything better than a fresh brewed coffee in the morning? Oh, no. That's very smell. sentimental, isn't it? It is. Least favourite smell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got one. The smell of... <laughs> Come on. Um... It's got to be dog farts. <laughs> it's got to be dog farts. There's no worse. I... You, I... you got I... a dog? 
<laughs> Here's one for you. Um, <laughs> room three at the Cambridge Hotel Park. <laughs> Excellent choice. I just smelt that. Oh, God. <laughs> Yuck. It had everything but the outline of a body on the floor. Oh, my God. Uh, Mark, what happens when we die? <laughs> what happens when we die? Yes. <laughs> Our spirits go to room three at the Cambridge Park. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last one. What one? You can only listen to one song for the rest of your life. What's that? Oh, um, oh, I've been heavy, heavily influenced by. Um, no, I can't even say that. Oh, I don't know. Come on, definitely nothing from Tom Waits. I can tell you that. <laughs> um, that's a really good question. We'll edit all this so it makes you sound real snappy. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good hearing people people's wheels turn over. Absolutely. That that that's probably one of the best questions I've ever been asked. I don't think I can um, answer it off the cuff either. That's why no, it's a good well, question. I, I tell you what blew me. I told you the other day. I was listening to a lot of Elton John, and that um, that. What's the name of the song? Is it Baby, You're the One? The One? Oh, yeah, The One. one. I, I, I put that on repeat for a couple of runs, I don't mind saying. It, it, I've never really taken much note of the set song, but it grabs me. But I'm not going to – that's that's my answer today. It's probably very different in an hour or so. All right. Well, you have a, have a think about that, and when we uh, when we get you on the next time, you can answer it for real. Well, yeah. I, but see, you're talking about a bloke that's been brought up in a brass band, plays – play rock and roll, listens to heavy metal and doesn't mind the odd jazz sessions. I I can't pick one. It's a tough choice. You'll have to next time you're on. First question. Yeah, we'll just put you down for Anna Sandman then, will we? (laughs) 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 Only the intro. (laughs) If I can listen to the intro. (laughs) Unreal to talk to you again, mate. Um, Thanks for coming on and we'll we'll talk to you next time. Keep up the good work. Thanks, mate. All right. See ya. Yeah. His father's watch He left it in the shower Memory waste Did you ever inherit your father's watch? You no a calculator watch probably he Didn't even have one No, he might have had one with a stretchy band <clears throat> Like a, you know, a, a one from Grace Brothers I've got a watch from Great Uncle Sam because no. I'm named after him. Because you're the favourite child. It's why. a gold retirement watch. And I uh, don't know what it's worth. I might take him down to Cashies one day. <laughs> Mum will say, where's that watch that Uncle Sam gave you? I'll say, there it is sitting in the corner. It's a new couch. Or a new kettle. Disgraceful. <laughs> well, round 11 is done and dusted. And I mentioned last week how excited I was for it. And I wasn't let down. I've haven't been, I haven't been let down by the rugby league at all this week, this year. Geez, it was a good round for the most part, wasn't it? And did you notice that the crowd attendances are up? Unless oh. unless Fox unless Fox is using this fake crowd noise, which they might be a little bit, but yeah, bumper crowds everywhere. I don't think there was anything under ten thousand. The so. game's frothing. It is, isn't it? And uh, look at the that North Queensland game. There was bloody millions of people there. Doesn't a bit of success bring the punters out? The appetite for rugby league is insatiable at the moment for mm. me and for everybody, it yeah, seems. Yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed last week and coming off Magic Round, everyone's got a spring in their step, haven't they, after Magic Round? Well... And it's halfway through the season now, pretty much. Thursday was the Knights versus Broncos. Oh, hang on. I always forget my tips, don't I? 
Yeah. How'd we go? I don't know if I went real well this week. Broncos. We both picked Broncos, obviously, and they got up. Yeah, so they were playing the Knights, and the Knights are just a side that's down on confidence. I've worked it out. They just they just look down in the dumps, don't they? I'll tell you what they are. What's that? P-Hearts. Yes. I said it. They gave up. They did. They were well in this game. Well, well in of, it. A bit of controversy in this game. Yeah, did well, you, well, yeah. So did you did, did you think that Dane Gagai's was a try there? All right. Here we go. Break this down for me. The the Dane Gagai, there was two very controversial bunker decisions in this game. One was for an obstruction. One was for a try. Dane Gagai's try. We'll go with that one first. All right. Well, that was so first that, in the game, yeah. Was it? Okay. The, yep. ru- the rule says that if there's separation between the hand and the ball, then it needs to be re-gripped before it's put on the line. Whether you agree with that rule or not is irrelevant, that's but rule. that's the rule. Yep. Dane Gagai loses control of the ball. At the, the point of the ball stays on his forearm, but he clearly doesn't re-grip it before he puts it on the ground. Like his hand slams down onto the ground and pushes back up against the ball. And it looked like, it, like in days gone by it would have been a try, but the rule these days isn't that. So it's a no try. They got it 100% right. Okay, so how's he meant to re-grip? Can he re-grip it with one hand or does it have to be two hands? Two, well, no, either or. If you can grip it with one with hand. one hand, you, which most of them can. They've got big enough hands but to not grab a Steven, right? Not when you've lo- if you've lost control and the ball is heading towards the ground, you try and like try it at, at home, kids. It, um, even if you've got giant mitts like Ian Moss, you can't drop it towards the ground and then re-grip it very easily. You might be able to fluke it every now and then, but if the ball's been on a wet rugby league field, it's it's impossible. So yeah. the only way to like to feasibly do it is to re-grip it with both hands, I suppose. But in this situation, it's nigh on impossible. And Dane Gagai obviously didn't do it, but the outrage from the commentators yeah. was disgraceful because it, they got that one 100% right. Yeah, to but, the letter of the law, it was right. It looked like a try. It could have gone either way, but, to the, but then to the letter of the law, it wasn't a try, like you said. Well, if the, yeah... And 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 it would have been a. I think it, well, it was called a try on field, and that's the thing with the bunker is people wouldn't give a shit about it, would they? If the bunker hadn't have slowed it right down and looked at it like that, then people would go, oh, well, kind of look. It looked like a try. He lost it a little bit at the end, and it was fifty fifty. You know, people saying it was or it wasn't. So yeah, that's well, what my whole argument is. Nobody cares if yeah. if the ref calls it because it was a, a line ball decision. But when they slow it down like that, when the bunker gets involved, takes five minutes to decide, and then get the decision that they think is correct and 50% of the people think it's incorrect, that's where the blow-ups come in. But I want to talk about the <clears throat> the other one, the, the obstruction. They got this one 100% wrong. Oh, it was a clear shepherd and they seem to have been cutting down. Like um, Even the players know it. I saw a lot of players just going to ground after they've done a shepherd. Let's call it a shepherd because that's what it was. That's what it was called when I was a kid. It was just a shepherd. There was no way you could run around behind your own player. Well, that, and this is the thing. The, the rule states that you can, if you if you have a player in front of you, a lead runner or somebody just standing in the line or whatever, if, if you catch the ball on the inside shoulder and then pass it behind that player, then that's fine. Right. And that's what the bunker ruled, that he'd passed it before he ran behind his own player. And one of the replays, and I, I got it wrong. When, when I saw it, the first replay, I thought, oh, well, that's okay. Like, they've, they've made the right decision. Nobody understands the rule. But then I saw other angles, and he clearly ran behind his own player and then passed. And it was just 100% wrong. So I get where they've... But anyway, all of these um, controversies 
it seemed just got in the Knights' heads. Yeah. And they went down by a few points, and I think they just gave up. Well, I that, thought it was disgraceful. That particular obstruction play, I watched all of the Knights, and they all stopped. They were all waiting for the whistle yeah. to be blown. And so there's that's the age-old, like, number one rule is you've got to play to the whistle. And so there was no whistle went off, and I, I think they all thought, oh, that's okay, they'll call that back. And they should have. But I think that the the rot kind of crept in after the gag I won. All their heads went down, and they're just not they're not a mentally strong side. No, are they? I agree. Uh, Milford, how'd you see his? Well, return? he wasn't bad. I was, wasn't expecting much from him, but he wasn't bad. Like he he seemed to have one sort of move where he went to the line and then put the kick through. Like where they they were probably all thinking he was going to pass or whatever, and then he put the kick through. But you know, he wasn't terrible. And he, he wasn't great. He wasn't terrible. I thought he he was yeah he was good in patches, but I thought he was just he was he was puffed the whole yeah. game. He was gassed, as they say. Well, he threw that last pass for the intercept try right on the buzzer, and he kind of just put his hands on his head. But oh, that's that's fair enough. He hasn't been playing footy, but he wasn't he wasn't terrible. They kind of didn't look too bad. They looked a little better with him in the side until they all dropped a lip. Uh, how would you think of Ezra Mann coming in for Adam Reynolds? Well, that was a strange one because no one really knew Reynolds was injured, did they? I didn't see him on any list last week. He was certainly named for the side, but he he didn't go too bad, Ezra. He, I tell you what, he's not very good, but he tried his guts out, which is well, more than you can say for the Newcastle halves. And then and that's what you can say about any of these teams that are that are actually a good team is you take out the spine or you take out one of the key members like Reynolds is a... <laughs> He's arguably the keyest member of any football side ever, and they still won handsomely. I don't know how they would have gone against the Cowboys or the Storm or somebody, but... Well, Ezra just kept coming back. He'd make a blue, and he'd just dust it off and come back and try something else the next time. I thought he was fantastic. Yeah, and can you believe that the Broncos are in the top four? Well, no. And the Cowboys and Broncos in the top four, last year you wouldn't have fed them. Amazing Uh, turnaround. Amazing turnaround. You know what I found interesting about this game was that... Uh, the Knights had seemed to have a game plan. You know when when a, a halfback will kick to a certain winger, like you know somebody good in the air, like yeah. Joseph Suwali or Daniel Tupou, one of those big tall wingers. Well, it seemed like the Newcastle halves had a plan to do that sort of aerial assault, but their target was Tyson Frizzell. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't understand it. They kept, they did it over and over and over again. Maybe they identified a weakness in the Broncos, like in on the yeah. edges or something yeah, like that, yeah, yeah. and they thought Frizzell could take advantage, but it didn't work once. I thought it was a bizarre tactic. And he's and, not on the same side as that Dom Young, is he? No. Well, that was that my, my next point here is uh, how good's that bloke going? Well, he's playing great, and he he saved a certain try there where he mowed down. I think it might have been. Who did he get right at the end? He was it Cobo. Oh, maybe they did score, but but he came across from the other side, and he looks like the only bloke that yeah, it was Cobo, and I think he no, he's on the other side to Cobo. It was no, um, no, it was it was Cobo because Cobo streaked away to score that try, and Dom Young came over from his side, and oh. actually got to him, and then uh, Cobo got to his feet and scored. So um, he's a great player. Dominic he's the only Young. one kind of having a go, I think. Yeah. And like Kalen had showed little patches of being good, but not enough to, you know, they they need to just be. They're just not a mentally tough. Side, are they? What about um, Colin Best? Not Colin Bradman. <laughs> Bradman Best. Did you, he'll be out for a few weeks. By the looks, did you see his elbow injury? Oh. Where? It, oh God, it made me yeah, nearly spew. Yeah, yeah. Yuck! I that can't was, watch that stuff. Oh. Uh, all right, so let's move on to the next one: the West Tigers versus the Bulldogs. The first game on Friday night, and you've tipped your favourites, the Bulldogs, and 
gone well, down. Well, geez, I thought they'd bounce back as the teams traditionally do after having a uh, coach sacked. But um, this game was kind of tit for tat, wasn't it? I enjoyed this game. I thought it was really good. Like, and they were kind of just trading off tries there for a bit. And then uh, who got someone got sent to the bin, didn't they? Scoopsy. Um, Scoopsy, he was their best player by far. Well, by say, far. That, that, I think that was a bit of a turning point, to be honest. Yeah. The dogs were, I mean, they weren't great, but they were in the game. Yeah, well, Hastings got sent for 10 minutes as well. So the dogs didn't really capitalise on that, but uh, the Tigers, I thought, did better against the 12-man Bulldogs. Yeah, um, Luke Garner had another great game, just great strolling game. through the defence at times. The Bulldogs have got terrible defensive problems. Uh, your comments about the great crowds this week, though, at the what do they call Leichhardt? The eighth one, the ninth wonder of the how many wonders of the world are there? <laughs> I don't know. Well, anyway, seven, it's, seven. It's, if well, I it's could the see eighth. seven wonders, there you go. Oh yeah, of there's course. a song about it. Seven wonders of the world. So this is the eighth, and that big mud pile in the corner. Yeah, well, well, I noticed that. On a Sunday afternoon, Leichhardt's generally packed that hill, but this was uh, pretty... I mean, it was a re- really rainy night of uh, not very nice conditions, but I noticed that the crowd was well down on usual at Leichhardt, and then I looked up the ticket prices. Oh. How much do you reckon it costs for a seat on... Well, a, a spot, a standing spot on the hill on, an, on a 6 p.m. game at Leichhardt Oval on a pouring rain night. Well, I'm going to tell you what I think it should be. It should be 15 bucks. Well, how much do you reckon it is? Well, it's probably 55. 50. $50 to That's stand on the ridiculous. hill at Leichhardt. Now, I've never been to watch a game there, but apparently it's substandard, you know, facilities, toilets are gross. Yeah. There's uh, big, always big lines for food and drink. Most of the, uh, catering is like little caravans and stuff like that it's it's a traditional ground and it's a great rugby league venue you know for for the purest and for people who live around the area and you don't want to get rid of it obviously but to charge 50 dollars to stand on the hill yeah on on especially a 6 p.m they've got to read the crowd like a 6 p.m friday night game in sydney how many workers in sydney are going to get from their job with sydney traffic to a game at 6 p.m it's crazy. It doesn't make sense. And a, a grandstand seat or a seated ticket, there's no real... Well, there is a grandstand, but it's not great. Like a bleacher, you know, reserve ticket, $65. Is it to sit in there? Yeah, jeez. Yeah, to go and see the Tigers play the Bulldogs. Yeah, it's, that's crazy. It is. It's ridiculous. And it's, only your hardcore fans are going to are gonna go. And I thought the crowd was disappointing. Anyway, that's Well, there's 15,000 there, they're saying, so... But it's a shame because it was a good game of footy and it's good. Like a, a Tigers win's a Tigers win. You take that win over the Bulldogs, but so be it. But uh, what's that bring them up to three games they've won this year and Doggies are on two. But um, I thought it was a good game, entertaining game. I don't think I'd pay 50 bucks though to stand on the hill in the rain. Jesus Christ, that's ridiculous. Mm. I mean, you can't help the weather. But anyway, that's enough about that. Uh, I thought the best moment of the whole game though was uh, Jaden Ockenbore. <coughs> Took a twenty meter tap after the, <laughs> for a seven tackle set. He brought it out to the twenty, put the ball on the ground, and then kind of like stomped on it. Yeah, my under sevens don't even tap the ball like that. They still, yeah, this was like going back to when we were kids, where you had to release the ball and put your sprigs well, on. I one hundred percent agree with that. If you, oh, like, I reckon a tap it's kick good is too. a tap kick. You got to like an old fashioned tap kick. You used to, it was an actual kick, like you kicked yeah, it up you into your own in the, yeah, yeah. into your own hands. And then it kind of went out of fashion and people, uh, blokes just tap it on their boot. But this was obviously Jaden trying to go old school and put it on the ground, tap it forward a little bit and then pick it up and go. But it was 
he, he didn't tap it forward. He just kind of like yeah, he put his gently put it. his sprigs on top and then picked <laughs> it up. And it was so confusing that the ref blew it up and then said, what are you doing? <laughs> Take it back and do it again. And then he just picked it up and did the like the you know modern version of a tap, which is to just raise your your leg and, and tap it on your boot. I thought it was hilarious. But good on you for trying, Jaden. Remember back in the day when there was no when you got tackled and there was no marker and you used to be able to tap it. Yeah, tap it forward. Yeah. Well yeah. That, that's a proper tap kick. Yeah. And you never got away with doing one of the modern ones back then. You used to have to like soccer it forward on the ground, pick it up and go. They should bring that rule back. Mm. Although there's really no markers these I, days. I gotta laugh at this game as Cooper Cronk's commentary. He was really commenting commentating on the game as if they were like the Povo sides. And by Povo sides I mean like, you know, like the real like, he was almost talking about them like they were kids, you know? Like, oh, and isn't that a good... Like, he was kind of when he's breaking down the efforts and stuff from some of the dogs and, oh. A bit condescending yeah, at times, Yeah, condescending Cooper. Cooper was, where he's like, oh, these are obviously the <laughs> cellar dwellers. But uh, my favourite part was that try from Jock Madden, that chip and chase of his own on the line. Like, oh, man. Yeah, I can't a- get enough of these chip and chases. Like, there seems to be one every round. I don't mind, Jock. Oh. Good player. Yeah. Uh, Eels Sea Eagles second game on Friday night, and this was a torrid old affair, wasn't it? The mm. Eels got triumphing eventually, twenty-two to twenty. Another tit for tat sort of game. This one we both tipped the Eels here. Uh, Ding dong battle this was in the first half. It was just end to end stuff, and mm. mostly played between the the two forty meter lines. I suppose <clears throat> there was a lot of like midfield battle, like old school rugby league, good stuff. Um, and there was a uh, another controversial um, sin binning, was it? Yeah, With Mitchell uh, Moses got sin bin for just g- gently touching someone's jersey. It was very odd. It was Tommy <laughs> to Tommy Tobojevic. Well, there you go. There's your pointy end sort of player. You just can't touch him. He just gently brushed against the fabric of his shirt. <laughs> he touched the hem of his garment. <laughs> It was very odd because there was no he wasn't impeded on the run at all, but the ref took exception and sent sent uh, poor old Mitch off. Oh, I love how Mitch went off too, just put his mouth guard in and just ran off like no fuss, no, no remonstration. Yeah, and if anyone had have been had a case for remonstrating, it would have been him. And Mitchell of old would have had his hands out going, Oh come on, ref but he just calmly went about his business and off he went. And I don't think it really hurt the eels all that much, did it? Well I want to single out one man player in this game who I think cost them the game. Oh, I was going to say who actually won him, uh, pot, almost won him the game was Morgan Harper, but who you... Uh... Olakwatu. Oh, yeah. I can't stand He's this so kid. He's stupid. Well, he put in a grubber at the end for, oh. him, for himself when the game was well and truly still alive On the and line. only behind by two. And he decides to take the hero play and put a grubber through for himself oh. with nobody within bloody 10 miles of the bloke. He also did a... Uh, I think I can't remember if he got penalised for it or not, but he did, he did a crusher tackle. Yes, it was a blatant, and it was deliberate. Tackle. Yeah, deliberate. That, and he no sin bin, no nothing. It was an actual like the one that they want to outlaw. Yeah. not not one of these accidental ones that players put their hands up and go, ah, oh, sorry. Yeah, oh yeah, different. you know, like players backing into him and that. This was a deliberate crusher. It was. It was desi- It was designed to hurt, yeah. and I can't believe there was no more out of that. I'm pretty sure he didn't get charged by the match review committee. But if we yeah. can see, if if idiots like us on the couch can see that kind of thing, then why can't the match review committee anyway? Yeah, he did. He didn't help him at all. Not like my man Morgs, who seems to be back into scintillating fashion. Old Morgan Harper down there. He on never the left. left. It was just oh. that one night. He, one <laughs> well, night he, he had COVID. He had COVID he hangover. Did. Yeah. 
And Tal- well, what's, bit- what's Talakai done since? Nah. Nothing. Nothing. It wasn't Morg's fault. And uh, yeah, but I don't know. Parramatta weren't real convincing for me. They weren't. They weren't. Uh, we'll see how they go. It was this only weekend. really a Mitchie Moses uh, conversion or yeah. yeah conversion. Well, that's all gone. that was in it. Yeah, yeah. four tries apiece. Jeez, so. it was a good kick though. Yeah. Oof. Uh, next up was uh, the first game on Saturday. The St. George Illawarra Dragons took on the New Zealand Warriors at Jubilee at Cogra. Now, this was a concerning kind of game. Well, let me I just, thought. my first thoughts about this game. Hang on, you tip the Warriors. That's bad luck. <sighs> I tip Saints. Warriors were asleep for 20 minutes, and it started from the kickoff. They dropped the ball on the kickoff, and then for 20 minutes they were just napping. They, they Like... If they if they started a game with a bit of enthusiasm and oh, it's yeah, just, they, they just cruel, they just cruel themselves because they were well in this towards the back end of the game and you think well if they had have actually switched on in the first twenty minutes they would have won this game easily. I agree. Uh, they they were Sean Johnson just doesn't want to be there. Well, he came alive after 20... I think he scored a try in the 20th minute or something. He came alive and actually did a bit in that last 20 minutes of the first half and then kind of switched off again. Like You just can't have that kind of wavering intensity about it about you if you're a first-grade halfback. I thought the only two fellas that put their hand up for the Warriors and, and had a crack were uh, Dallin Wateni Zelezniak, our favourite, and mm. I think to- Tohu Harris being back makes a big difference for them with his whole running and... and um, support play in particular, yeah. but it wasn't enough to to get him get him over the line. Saints didn't pay, play particularly well, I don't think. Well, Zach Lomax was their best player. Well, he was their best and worst player. Well, I've got a bone to pick with <laughs> with Blowy Lomax. He had an absolute. There was a, a part there where the ball dribbled into the end goal, and Cody Ramsey was the only one back there. And he had to make a judgment call as to whether, because he had Warriors on his on his heels, and he had to make a judgment call whether to kick it dead or or um, or let it go dead, you know. And yeah. and Lomax is standing in the background screaming at him. Cody makes the split second decision to put it dead, play the you know, play the percentages, yeah. and then Lomax gave it to him, yeah, screaming I mean. at him in the end goal, like 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 the uh, Mac attack back in the day, like um, Brett Mullins and. And McClendon oh, yeah. going at it. I thought it was a disgraceful bit of behaviour from Lomax. But then, not two minutes later, Cody put Lomax over for a try. Yeah, Cody streaking down the middle of the ground. And yeah, well. And I thought, you should be going to say sorry to that bloke, you piece of shit. <laughs> sorry, I shouldn't well, call him that. Now, another controversy in this game. Reese Walsh, 100% should have been sent for 10 minutes. That was a professional foul where he's... After the ref had called, after the ref had called the penalty, he was still hanging on to the bloke's legs. I agree. Should it was disgraceful. And every, I think Blake Laurie came up to the referee and absolutely gave it to him, and, and rightly so, because that, that was a clear sin-binning professional foul. I don't even know what he was... Because refs don't even think about that. They just blow it straight away. They just know. But oh, that was very strange. Well, I'm not going to criticise the referee. Um, all I'm going to say well, is maybe, that... maybe, maybe Reese is too good looking to send off. Yeah, he definitely should have been Sinbin anyway. But uh, yeah, there was some good efforts there from the Dragons. Like I said, uh, Lomax, when he got out of his own in goal with about 400 Warriors on top of him, was pretty pretty uh, good. I'm going to be surprised if Adam Pompey gets picked this week. He was average. Down on effort. <laughs> average. Uh, Storm versus the... Red Hot. 
Cowboys. Cowboys. Sorry, Cowboys versus Storm. I should put them in order. Yeah, they're at 100 smiles or whatever it is. What's it called? Country Bank Stadium or something now. It's a wonderful facility. That's the thing I noticed straight away. It's a wonderful facility and 23,000 people there. We just picked. We both picked the um, Storm, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I don't know. I've, I'm well, not going to go against the Cowboys again. They are red hot. They didn't run straight. The Storm did not run straight. Until their first, they scored uh, their own their one and only try when I think it was Felice uh, Kafusi uh, ran, ran ran through. But yeah, that was side 20, to side, side to side, side after to side. twenty minutes, thirty and minutes. Some interesting stats have dug up through the week about the win percentage when Munster plays without Hughes versus when Hughes plays without Munster. And yeah, yeah can we? Can, is it too early to call Munster a flat tracker? Well, he can't win without Jerome. And I've been saying it all along that Jerome Hughes is the best halfback in the comp. Is this the first instance you can you can think of in recent memory where the Storm kind of gave up? Yes. I think they did. And they Absolutely they did. And it's the first time I can remember that they've lost two in a row. And who are they playing this week? Because it could, be, could potentially be three in a row. We'll get to that. Anyway, but um, yeah, they gave up. They 100% gave up. When have you ever seen a Storm outfit being kept to one try? I I can't well, I two, can't think yeah, of it. And I two, can't think of any anything. Two fairly big floggings in a, in a row, like you say, two weeks. That's but, a flogging. Mm. Thirty six to six, thirty points, and whatever they got flogged by last week as well. And they got big problems. And I tell you, who's got big problems is the Roosters. Have got big problems with Brandon Smith coming over because he, well, he's a he's a a cancer. At the moment, I reckon. I, I, there's something going on with him. He's sabotaging that team or something. I don't know. I, I don't know if I'm being a bit dramatic here or not. But Well, Braith's got big, Braith, Braith's got big concerns. Mm. Voiced them through the week. He doesn't know if he's a hooker. No. So he should be a lock. But well, then the Roosters have got Victor Radley. So what do you do? Yeah, anyway. I don't know. They've got concerns there. And I think they might have jumped the gun early. And I don't think he's the player that they all think he is. But, well, I've, got, uh, I've got to give a rap to Chad Townsend. Yeah. I, Steady the ship, hasn't well, he? Well, he's unreal. Yeah. He's fantastic. I don't know what they paid for him. I think it was like eight, nine hundred grand. But so far, it's been worth every cent. But him and Scott Drinkwater. Yeah, they've got quite the connection, don't they? Yeah, fantastic. And I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> but you've got to give credit where credit's due. The score at halftime in this one was 12-6, and I didn't think that was indicative of it at all. I thought the, the Cowboys should have been up by what the full-time score was because the storm sucked from the outset. Mm. And they were pretty lucky to go in only six behind, but they certainly... Um, so, so the score ended up where it should have been. Anyway. Well, and no one's really saying anything about them. Like, well, oh, they, sorry, they say, oh, well, they've got don't have Pappenhaus and they don't have Hughes, and it's like, well, you know, that's what happens to teams when you lose your first string fullback and halfback. Like, they go into a heap, and that's and plenty of people bloody, you know, having to go at teams like the Raiders and that for not performing. But that's what happens when you lose your first stringers like that in crucial positions of halfback and fullbacks. I'm not having a go at the refs. I'm having a go at the higher-ups. But this, if, if this wasn't a, an advertisement for why we should get back to or try and you know even these rules out and things like that, this game felt like it went for seven hours. Hmm. It just went on and on and on with stoppage after stoppage after stoppage for captain's challenge and bunker and fuck and just... Play footy. 
Next up, Roosters versus Panthers, and the Roosters got dusted. Dusted. Dusted by their own feathers. By the Panthers at the SCG, a wet and slippery SCG. Uh, the first 10 minutes of this was played in, in between the 230 metre lines, right in the guts of the field. Bang, 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 bang. I thought this is going to be a cracker. But the Panthers soon overwhelmed them with their uh, questionable... Uh, <laughs> enthusiasm. <laughs> questionable enthusiasm. Well, the Roosters, <laughs> Roosters didn't score until the last ten min- uh, last 20 minutes, so their attack's gone missing. But then again, Panthers are the kind of side that'll shut down any sort of attack anyway, but... Uh, jeez, what do I say it every week? I say it every week. Jared, where our Hargraves is a liability. Well, yeah, we spoke about that before. Um, I say it every week, and you know nothing, what? nothing happened in this game that's changed my mind. Well, you know what? I think the the big problem for the Roosters in this game was what's that? The coach. Oh. Oh, yeah. Well. well, do you want to know why? Why? You know who he left on for the entire first half, and and another ten minutes into the second half. Lindsay Collins. Lindsay Collins. Guess who led in the first two tries? Yeah. Suspect, isn't he, in defence? Well, why would Trent leave him on for that long? He's only just come back. From yeah, a- I know. He's not a not an, uh, he's not a 60-minute player anyway. You have him on at burst, like 25 minutes or whatever, and pull him off and put him on in the second half. I thought that was a weird decision. Shocking coaching. You know who I've never understood? Who? James Fisher-Harris. Well... Why, do big, why does he get uh, such big raps? They've got massive raps on him, and he's got a try in the last few minutes or whatever. But well, that was the JWH incident. But yeah, I but just don't get I why don't people. Get it. He's just tradesman like. Like he's, he's just, good. Yeah, that's what I mean. He's nothing like. Yeah, I don't know. He must add something to the team though. Like, I, like obviously, he maybe he's like a calming influence on all these young bloody. I just know upstarts. That I don't know. Blake's like. Um, I don't know, or lots of different comments. Oh, Blocker, and I suppose I should take their comments with a grain of salt, but they love him. They think he's the world's best front rower, and I just don't get it. Like, he's good and everything, but I can't see. Well, you know the last bloke they had raps on like that? Aaron Woods. Remember all the Aaron Woods love? Oh, he played heaps of origin. You remember Crazy. all the love about him? Like, he's Did just you see the that? greatest <laughs> of all time, and now they seem to have, It's either Regan Campbell-Gillard or James Fisher-Harris. They're the two kind well, of golden un- boys, aren't they? I can understand... Campbell Gillard in patches, yeah, because he's devastating when well, he's give, on. Give me Patrick Carrigan, yeah, he's a- good any too. Any day, anyway, as a golden boy. Well, you all know who the best front rower in the comp is. Oh, I'm sure you'll we'll we'll tell well, us we'll later get on. To yeah. that. Well, 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 I'm not wrong. I'm biased, but I'm not wrong. Um, there was an interesting period in, or interesting incident in this game where Sean, no, what's his name, Dylan Edwards, the uh, rap, uh, Panthers fullback. Fuck, I can't. Well, he didn't have out. a real good game, Dylan. No, but he played the ball incorrectly and got pinged. But James Tedesco, I watched him carefully throughout this whole game. He did not play the ball correctly once. No. Another clear instance of pointy end stuff. Yeah. But I'm not criticizing the refs. No. Uh, next game was the <laughs> Panthers versus the... No. Oh, no, we just did that one. Oh, hang on, we both picked Panthers, so we're correct there, but we got the storm wrong. Yeah, right. 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 I was upset. Uh, Rabbitohs versus Raiders, and the Raiders triumphed in a 20-point uh, demolition of the Myrtle and Green. At now, Apex Oval in Dubbo. What a f- tremendous facility that is. Full disclosure, you and I tried our hand at our, f- our first attempt at commentary 
during the game, so I didn't make any notes, did you? No, but I watched the game closely because we were commentating on it. We might put <laughs> How little... fun was that? Well, should we put a little snippet up? No. Oh. We'll wait till we get better. It was wonderful fun, and I uh, encourage anybody at home to turn the volume down and have a go at uh, <laughs> commentating. If you've got a mate, you got a mate round, say, ring up Jono and say, Jono, you want to come around and commentate this game? And then you can tape yourselves on your TAC portable tape player. And watch it over later. It's fun. It's the best, best fun I've had in a long time. And it's very hard. And it'll take you 40 minutes to get your uh, straps. But, of course, we're practicing because we're going to be on the radio when uh, the Perth <laughs> Bears come in. <laughs> when the West Coast Bears come in. So, we've already uh, decided. Well, we have. And you've got to put it out there. You've got to, got to dream big, everybody out there. And this is our dream. But... um. I thoroughly enjoyed this game, obviously being a Raiders fan, but the Rabbitohs are in a bit of a hole at the moment because what's that, three in a row they've lost maybe, but I don't know, I just think the Raiders outplayed them. And terrific effort from the Raiders forwards, the the two oh. props in particular, Tarpana and... Who played the entire game. Papali'i, and, but I, I own it, the, their back five were tremendous. Oh, yeah, Un- unbelievable. Nick Chotrich and Jordan Rappana and uh, Sebi Chris and Matt Demorco were all fantastic. Uh, Chance had a good game until he went off with a hamstring injury. It looks like it's going to keep him out for about six weeks, which is unfortunate. But anyway, yeah, good game from the Raiders. That's more like what we're accustomed to seeing from the you know 2019 era, a bit of grit, a bit of yeah. bloody, bit of starch. Well, I've said it before. They've got the two best front rowers in the comp. Oh, and I, it's hard. You can't disagree, can you? Joseph Tarpany has been unbelievably good. What he brings to that side is just... They can't put him down. We were watching, we were commentating it, as we said, and the amount of times he actually gets put on his back, I reckon probably once or twice out of about how many runs did he have. Must have had 25 runs by the looks. Ah, man, I tell you what, it's bloody good to watch when they've got some go forward from those two fellas. And then even the, sorry to cut you off, um, even when Horsey comes on, like some of those offloads that he, ridiculous offloads are actually, when they start to stick, he's a great, world's greatest hero, but... But he seems like he's kind of picking his moments now and he's getting a bit more game awareness about when to do and when not to. So I still feel like they're setting us up for disappointment. But anyway, oh, well, we'll but, see. you know, you ride the like any team, you know, you ride the highs and you ride the lows and you just go with them. And Josh Papali'i's 250th game, he scored under the post next nearly, a bloody Papa special, and then you got Hudson Young. And, oh, my God, they're looking like a football team. I'm really enjoying watching them at the moment. Really good stuff. And they got Parramatta this week we'll see how they go but Titans versus Sharks the last game of the round uh, and the Sharks get over them by seven points to seal another by by Fitzy another week in the NRL I still think I still think they came out too hot and I don't yeah. think they're very good and the well, Titans aren't very good and no. I think they made the look Sharks look better than what they are you tip yeah. the Titans by the way I got oh, six you got four Jesus Christ how have I gone how have I done this? You wiped I've got out to all stop. your good work from, oh, no, good I've got work to from stop last bloody week. tipping the Titans. That's what I've got to stop doing. Jesus. And the Bulldogs. Ah. And yeah, the Sharks weren't real good. Like Titans were pretty bad. Like when you got bloody Jared Wallace scoring two tries, like what, what's going on with their backs? And What do you think about the calls during the week for Nico Hines to be the number 14 in place of... Jack Whiten for the New South Wales Blues. Ah, oh, well, it's just a popularity contest, isn't it? Both of them would do a job, but uh, it's, yeah, it's just a person like a, a popularity contest. I reckon, like, I don't, Jack's the incumbent. He's a 
He's a great 14. Why, what are you, why are you going to be tinkering with positions that you don't need to be tinkering with when you've got other positions that are questionable? I'd be more worried about who's going to play in the centres for New South Wales. Nico's, or fullback. Nico's very much the darling at the moment. Anyway. Yeah. Well, I, I don't know. I don't see how you just slot him straight in. Like, Whiten's gone and done the job and he's my favourite player, so I don't know. But uh, I don't care if he doesn't play Origin, but what's that going to do for Jack? Is it going to make him hungry? Is it going to make him drop the lip? What's it do? You don't know. You don't know what effect that's going to have on him. On a poor, simple <laughs> man like Jack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right, well, that was round 11. Thoroughly enjoyable, as we said. And the waste, memory wastes, and the waste, memory wastes. La, 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 la. Round 12 kicks off tonight. Thursday night in uh, Indigenous round, of course, as we we've mentioned throughout the show. I thought there was a terrific initiative from most of the NRL clubs, if not all. I don't follow them all on Twitter, but they changed their their Twitter handles, as the kids say these days, handle to the Indigenous name for the club. Yeah, and I thought that was just fantastic. But it looks like the NRL haven't followed up and put the traditional names on there. Oh uh, yeah, they have on mine. Yours displays differently to mine, but yeah, Storm. So say so Storm and Sea Eagles has got their um like the area that they're from straight underneath. But I think they do that all year. I don't think that's anything different for Indigenous round. Oh, but I know why. Because you're on the you're on the yeah. Well, you do that because I'm on the late mail page. Yeah. Okay. And so. There's that, and the other thing that I've seen them most of them doing it, whether it's on the NRL website or on their Facebook pages, is the story behind their jerseys, um, which has been really good, really, really interesting reading. And yeah, well, let's uh, hope they all fielded uh, an Indigenous jersey this week because I know that hasn't happened in the past. There's been a few clubs that just couldn't be bothered, but I'm pretty sure everyone's on board now. Uh, okay, so Storm Seagulls tonight, as I said, a blow for the Storm on Wednesday. Hooker Harry Grant ruled out after oh. uh, sustaining an abductor injury during the captain's run. So Brandon Smith moves into the starting side at Hooker, which is going to concern Braith even more. <laughs> yeah, Alec- Robbo will be watching with <laughs> bated breath. Uh, Alec McDonald drops out of the 17 because he's crook. So Chris Lewis and Jordan Grant come onto the bench for the Storm. Uh, Jer- Jerome Hughes comes back. That'll make you happy. Nelson Asafa Solomona remains sidelined. And Tui Kamakamitha, the piece of shit, starts at prop for the second consecutive week. For the Sea Eagles, Ruben Garrick moves to fullback uh, to take over from Tommy T, who's out for the season, as everybody surely knows. Veteran winger George Tafua has been named for his first NRL game since round 17, 2020. I was wondering what happened to him. Mm. There you go. I think you say Jorge. Jorge. Well, it's and, spelled Jorge. Uh, it's got a G, is it? Or, anyway, Ethan Bullimore dropped out on Wednesday. He's replaced by Kurt DeLewis, DeLouis, maybe? And Jason Saab is listed in the reserves as he edges closer to return from a terrible toe injury. Mm-hmm. Kieran Foran, 250 games this week. Wow. And Martin Tabau's out with a quad strain. Mm, this is going to be interesting. It's yeah. not the Battle of Brookvale. No, well, it's two underachieving sides at the moment, it must be said. And you know what? You know who's a better hooker than Brandon Smith? Uh. Lachlan Croker. And I mean that in all sincerity. <laughs> oh, I, I'm not joking. I'm not joking. I, I hate him as much as you, but I'm not going to go that far. I'm not joking. 
Lachlan Croker is a better dummy half than Brandon Smith. There you go, I said it. Jeez. And so they're coming up against each other today. I reckon Lachlan Croker's been great this year. He's been unheralded. How about, I forgot to mention it in our in our round wrap-up, but did you see Sugar's, <laughs> Sugar's Schuster <laughs> when he made a clean break on the, or he got into space? Did you see him running down the field? <laughs> I, I can run faster than Sugar. Oh, he's slow. And the other one who's slow as a wet week is Amone. From the uh, Dragons, Jesus Well, we'll get Christ. to him because he's been big. Oh, no, sorry with no, Sloan. You're talking yeah. about Sloan, but, um, but yeah. Geez, like, that was funny. <laughs> these funny. These, you remember being five-eighths being a bit zippier than what they are now? These blokes are slow as slow. But, yeah, Schuster with his trademark no-look pass. I heard him call that on the weekend. I'm like, oh, God, he's a one-trick pony idiot. Manly have lost their marbles getting rid of foreign to replace oh, with, with They've him. lost their marbles. He's a one-trick pony. He does no-look passes. Big fucking deal. Big uh, concerns out of the Manly camp this week with Graham Annesley singling them out for a bit of uh, a review of, after Dez's comments about the refereeing against oh, Parramatta. Oh, that's right. Yeah, they are yeah. all going to put in for the fine, weren't they? Well, he's in big trouble, Desi, and he's saying that nothing happened. But Josh Aloye, I'm, I'm sure that's not how you say his name, but I have to because I haven't heard of What about Aloha? Aloha, that'll do. Uh, he came out in an um, interview yesterday and whinged about the ref again. Yeah, so that doubled down. I've never seen that. Well, it's gone, mate. Let let it go. Yeah, they're still going on about it. I reckon that was a directive from Des. Go out and go out and bloody whinge about him again, mate. It's not going to help you, mate. No, it's not going to help him. Well, who's the ref? I don't know. Adam G. He won't take any mess. Not from these idiots. Anyway, let's see what happens. I'm going Storm. Storm can't lose three in a row. I tend to agree. Now that Jerome's back, yeah. But what about the Battle of the Hookers, mate? You just said that Lachlan's better than Brandon. You watch, you mark my words. You watch it carefully, everybody. You I'll tell watch. you what's a bit low, that Storm bench. Tyron mm. Wishart, Trent Lo- Loyero, Chris Lewis and Jordan Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe the, has, the, has the gloss finally come off the Storm machine? Let's hope. Well, let's see what happens because they've got a rich history of making nuffies into superstars. So let's see how Jordan Grant... Storm for you? Yeah, Storm for me. Well, Jerome's back. That tips it over. Yeah, well. Panthers versus Cowboys Friday, first game at Blue Bet Stadium. Oh, this is bloody, isn't this? Who would have thought? Top four battle. Top four battle and this is the game of the round. Panthers unchanged. No late changes expected. And they're looking to bounce back from their first loss at home since 2019. Of course, got beaten by the Eels at home. And for the Cowboys, Cohen Hess moves to lock. Jermaine Tonoa Brown joins the bench to cover the injured Jason Talmalilo. And Jake Granville comes onto the bench and will likely give Reese Robson a, a break at hooker, I suppose. But he could provide cover for the backs because he's played fullback and centre before. Well, it's not even that, you know, Talmalilo out really affects him that much. Well, of course, uh, the other big out is Kyle Felt, the novelty kickoffer. Yeah, what happened Who, to who's Felt? Who's going to kick well, off? Felt got injured by the storm last week, didn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, he was one of those injuries. Yeah, and his was much worse than Tamalolo's. He's gone for quite a while, I think about eight weeks. Mm. Well, who, so they've got Tabua Fado on the wing. Uh, so the Hammer's back, and so Murray... Murray Tolungi. Ta- Tolungi 
shifts out one, does he? Because he was he. Oh no, he's no, a he's always yeah, been. Yeah, a he's winger. always been. Winger he's been so providing the the spectacular put downs. Yeah, year. that's right. And uh, the hammer was at fullback, but now they got Drinky there, so they don't really lose much, do they? You haven't felt out. He's a good finisher, and I don't know. No, Drinkwater's always been at fullback. Hammer yeah. was coming on. As no, a bit last of cover. year, last oh, year, last Hammers, year, yeah. yeah, that's where they went wrong, I think, and so now. Uh, yeah, this is a tough one to pick because the Cowboys have been really good, but I don't know if they've really been tested like they will be against the uh, enthusiastic Panthers. So. I'll, I'll tell you my tip. Cowboys? Panthers have got no chance. Oh, sorry, Cowboys have got no chance. Against Panthers. Yeah, that's what I was thinking as well. I was thinking their um, bubble might be burst a little bit here. They'll come crashing back to earth. So you're Panthers too? You know what? I'm going to tip the uh, Cowboys. Trying to make up a bit of ground? Yep. That's admirable. Because Peter Hicku. Look at him. Jeez, Broncos Titans is the second game at Suncorp Stadium on Friday. Ezra, Ezra Mam retains his place at fullback, uh, halfback, sorry, because Adam Reynolds is still out. What's wrong with Renko? Oh, he's got some kind of hammy problem. Is but it apparently a quad? He was almost, is it a quad? Maybe a quad. I don't know. He was almost right, apparently, and made it all the way up to the last training session last week. But yeah, obviously bigger problems than they, than they thought. Uh, and they've got a buy next week, so he won't return to around. 14. Um, otherwise unchanged for the Titans, all eyes on the reserves list with David Fafita racing the clock to make his return from injury. If he's right to go, he'll likely replace Isaac Liu. Mm, and the big signing from the Roosters. <laughs> Sam McIntyre will come off. Uh, he'll drop out. Brian Kelly is back and he'll replace Philip Sami because he's got a knee injury. Jeez, they're in all <coughs> sorts, the Titans. They, they can't afford to have this kind of shuffling around. They always, they always lift for this game. Mm. For the local derby, derby. Mm. But, yeah, I can't see him getting over the top of the Broncos, who are flying. Yeah, Broncos for me here. Uh, referee in that one is Jared Sutton, and, and your mate Liam Kennedy with the the uh, oversized brow is one of the touchies. So has he been demoted? What did he do wrong? Well, he, I don't he, know. He might be officiating in one of the other games, and he's just helping the boys out here. Maybe. Um First game Saturday is the Warriors versus the Knights at Morton Daly Stadium. That's Redcliffe, isn't it? Yes. Warriors' Chanel Harris-Tavita comes back despite his impending retirement and Adam Fanua Blake's foot injury is um, set to cause a big reshuffle. So now they've lost Adam Fanua Blake and Matt Lodge. Mm. It's going to be tough for him up front. Jazz Tavanga has oh. been named at prop. So. I just can't understand why Lodge isn't playing the rest of the season. Anyway, geez, uh, that, uh, that's it's truly baffling. Um, he, he's done something. He's 100% done something. Well, why did they pay him 700 grand well, if he's I done know. something? Well, maybe someone's done something oh, to him. I don't, I don't know. Jazz Tavanga named at prop and Ben murdoch Masilla comes off the bench, my favourite BMM, and he'll start at prop two with Freddie Lussick at hooker. Oh, they're in big trouble. Don't be surprised to see Bunty Afor moved to the starting side on game day and mid-season recruit our favourite Duna Lord Louie, Dunamis Louie, uh, Dunamis, sorry, is named amongst the reserves and he could come in for a late inclusion. So they've got a little bit of cover there, I He's suppose. got to play. Jake, How can they leave him Well, out? he's an ex-Origin player. He's got to play. He's a front rower, for God's sake. Doesn't look like they've got any front rowers well, to he's me. a better front rower than Jazz Tavanga. Oh, um, he's been the... keeping himself fit. He's been playing Dynamis. Has he? Yeah, because he's, sign, he's signing with the um, Dolphins next year, so he's kept himself in. Oh. Jake Clifford for the Knights will partner Anthony Milford in the halves as the Knights continue to battle injury. This time it's Bradman Best who's out with that shocking elbow injury. Mm. And Anari Tuala replaces him at centre. What's and happened to Clooney? 
I uh, don't know. He's Did he get injured as well? Well, he must be because he's not in the. Maybe team. they dropped him. Uh, outs Clune doesn't say if he's injured or not. Yeah, that's well, he's not on the extended bench, so they must have. He must <clears> be injured. <throat> he must be. He wouldn't. Yeah, jeez. Matt Croker, I still like him. He's on the bench for him this week. Oh God, this is hard to pick, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I know. I was going to say the battle of the ones: Grace Walsh versus Kalen Ponga. Crapshoot. This is. Yeah, you know, I'm going for the. Uh, I'm going to put my tip in for the Knights here. Okay, I'm going to go Wazers cause, just because I've got a soft spot for them. Soft spot in your head. <laughs> just <laughs> despite their recent troubles, I still can't not like them. You're like, you're like babies where their skulls haven't meshed together properly. And, and, and Nams, come on. We love Nams. Oh, I love Nami, but they haven't even named him, so... He'll come in. Uh, Referee Peter Goff, he's the mustachioed young man. Yeah, I don't mind him. He had a bit of trouble last week. Did he? Who yeah, guessed? I can't remember what happened anyway. Uh, Rabbitohs versus West Tigers on Saturday at Accor Stadium, which is Homebush, right? Mm. Yeah. Uh, Rabbitohs lots to monitor at South. Tavita Tatola copped a bad knock in the first tackle of that game last week against yeah. the Raiders. Papa ironed him out. So he might not come back. Tane Milne also got a head knock. He got ruled out, but there was a big whinge from the Rabbitohs from Jason Demetrius saying that he didn't feel concussed at all and they were upset about that so I'm sure he'll play Cameron Murray with a shoulder injury are all included at, so those three are in Cameron Murray Tane Milne and Tavita Totola but I don't think Totola will play no. um, Murray is considered in the most doubt as the skipper looks in, to return in time for origin selection Mark Nichols has recovered from an ankle, ankle injury I think they've been missing him and he'll come off the bench for the Tigers, Dane Laurie is back. He'll face a fitness test during the week, but he's likely to play along with Luke Brooks, who returns at 5'8". Jackson Hastings was spotted in a moon boot. What? Don't know. Maybe he tripped over his boots or something. He wasn't kicking very well, was he, on the weekend? Well, he I, sacked himself, didn't he? Yeah, I yeah. saw he missed one from about five metres to the side. and Yeah, he didn't look right. Well, he's in some doubt. Jock Madden would be the man to replace him, and David Nofaluma has been listed amongst the reserves, but he is not expected to play after he got a concussion. Oh, I see. Yeah. Gee, this is... Well, they haven't said that Peoples is out. This is my lock of the week. Tigers? Yeah. Yeah, I reckon too. The Tigers will lift for this, and oh, Rabbitohs are on the slide. They won't make the eight this year. They're in big, big, big trouble. Chris They're Sutton not a cohesive unit, are they? The Tigers are coming off a famous victory over the uh, Bulldogs last week. <laughs> so, yeah. Well, you know what? The, the whispers have been around that this is Madge's do or die. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I don't know see. where that's come from because he was under pressure at the start of the year, and then they all everything seemed to – like the, the heart was back at Leichhardt, but oh, – Surely they can't just base this one game on him on his on his <laughs> well, future. Not when they've only won three games this year. So yeah. why does it come down to this I one game? I don't know. Game? That's just the whispers. Uh, Sharks yeah, Tigers for me. Sharks versus Roosters on Saturday at Shark Park. Jeez, this will be interesting too. Yeah, Will Kennedy returns from suspension. That'll be a big in for them. Even though Lachlan Miller was pretty good last week, I thought he. But he's been named 18th man. Uh, he could come onto the bench. Because of his form, and uh, see us if Talakai picked up a late angle, uh, ankle injury late in the game last week, but he's been named. For the Roosters, no late changes. Satili Tupanua returns from a head knock in a boost for Trent's side. He comes into the bench, onto the bench in place of Egan Butcher, who was terrible last week with Terrell May. How about this kid? Oh, jeez. One, one of the May of the triplets. Yeah, he are they t- actually triplets or no, are they brothers? I'm, I'm just they're just silly. all brothers, yeah. So Terrell came on, lit the joint up last week. Not. He's a big kid. Yeah, he's, he's got... Like- 
He's got a, a slightly less stupid rat's tail than his brother, but <laughs> still, he fits right in, doesn't he? Yeah, this is a tough one. You're right. I don't know. I'm going sharks. It's at Shark Park, so I'm going sharks. Let me see these benches here. Tolman, Trindle, Wilton and Fafita for the Sharks. Watson, Baker, Tupanua and May for the Roosters. That'll... A better forward pack, I reckon. Toby Rudolph, Royce Hunt, Nakora, Wade you know, Graham. Well, you know what? The the, the Sharks are, are, are adept at the niggle. Yeah. This might upset the, the, <laughs> the cranky Roosters. Yeah, I'm going with you, Sharks. All righty. Right, last game are we up to here? Grant Atkins is the referee in that one. Second last game, Bulldogs versus Dragons at Belmore. You beauty. Beauty. Speaking of wonderful suburban grounds, uh, for the Bulldogs, Josh Adokar's back from illness and Corey Waddell returns from a head knock. So Stimson's gone. Max King remains in the starting side and Tavita Pangai Jr. is on the bench. But they could swap over. Uh, for the Dragons, Cody Ramsey had a terrific game last week and he retains the fullback duties after um, uh, his uh, efforts last week. For the hooker spot, Andrew McCulloch comes back in an early return from a thumb injury. Does that help him or hinder them? Well, he's named him on the bench here, so I don't know. Uh, Jayden, I like McCulloch. I think he's a good player, but if not if he's injured. If you're coming back early, I hate to hear that. Especially from a thumb injury because that's pretty important for dummy halves. Yeah, that's right. Moses has been filling in there. He hasn't. Well, he did all right. He did all right. Yeah, that's it. Jaden Sullivan will go back to the reserves because uh, McCulloch's McCulloch's back. Don't be surprised to see Moses drop back to the bench on on Sunday. Of course he will. Yeah. And McCulloch will come in. Yeah. So Moses will be the 14. Uh, Geez, I don't know. (laughs) Dragons for me here. I like that Michael Molo. He came yeah, on. Yeah, he played good, didn't well, he? Well, he's, he's Francis's brother. Oh, he played good. He scored a try, I think. He as did well. too. Yeah. So there you go. Oh, well, he wasn't a debutante. He was just debutante for the uh, for the Dragons. Yeah, a few reports coming out during the week that Hook had a massive blow up at his star fullback slash back young gun Tyrell Sloan, and there's whispers that Tyrell might want out. Oh, of course he does. He's, uh, as you said last week, he's a very mouthy young kid and he's probably full of his own confidence. So I just saw that. Whereas Ramsey doesn't strike me as that kind of guy at all. Ramsey, of course, from Molong, just he's outside unreal. bloody Orange, and he's a real good kid. I love Not him. mouthy or anything. Very popular and very good addition to the side. Matt Dufty's been named at fullback again. I can't believe that. Oh, did I ever dream that he's gone somewhere? He's gone? No. He- uh, I must have dreamt that. But he played shocking again on the weekend. But he's up in the line when, they, uh, well, they, what's his name, kicked that bloody chip chase. While ever they p- keep picking him at fullback, they deserve to get picked. And, and he's slow. He made a break. And Dufty's meant to be the fastest bloke in the bloody NRL. He's slow as shit. Have they picked that? Oh, yeah. Jacob Carraz is back on the wing for him. Gee, I don't know. I don't want to tip the Bulldogs, but I want to. <laughs> mm, with Shoppy there, Shoppy versus Silver. No, I gotta go. I've got to go head, not heart. I'm yeah, going Saints. I'm going Saints too, because they were pretty good last week, I thought. Last game of the round, Indigenous round, Raiders versus Eel Sunday at GIO Stadium, the home of rugby league. Blockbuster. For the Raiders, skipper Jared Croker is out after being named. Uh, he dislocated his shoulder, apparently reaching for the remote. Well, this is a bloody Tom Turbo slipping in the shower story. Yeah, this very is. fishy. Like, how do you... How do you... How do you... <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know. Where was his remote? If it's anything like my place, but his kid, his kid isn't the, as old as mine, where his kid can be hiding the remote under the couch. Might have just been in an awkward spot, and he didn't want to get out of his ass groove, or like he might have been wrapped up in his doona or something, and just didn't want to move too far and stretch a bit further than he should have. Mm, I don't know. I don't know. Has he got couch problems at home? He might need to, but that's probably the end of Croker, is it? They reckon he needs surgery. You think so? Yeah, he's stuck on 292 games mm. and everyone was hoping he'd get to 300. But, but I'll tell you what, you can't you can't get rid of Sebi Chris out of that position after last week. And, and that's what I meant to say, to say about Chris, is he's one of the more brutal defenders, I reckon. Like, they always seem, whether they got the mics near him or not, but they always he, seem to hear that, <laughs> like that after he hits someone. He's a very... He's a very physical player, Serby. Big news, of course, for the Raiders is Jamal Fogarty returns after being out for the first, what, 11 rounds of the season with a knee injury suffered in the preseason. Yeah, this is actually his debut for the Raiders. Yeah, so um, he's back to partner Jack White, and they did look like a good combination in the trials. Uh, for the fullback position with Charles Nickel Cook started out with the hamstring injury, Xavier Savage will start. Like a lot of Raiders fans have been wanting for a while. I'm still a bit on the fence about that. Yeah. But Ryan Sutton joins the bench in place of Harry Rushton and Corey Hadawira Nida has still been left out and he's unlikely to crack his way into the team. For the Eels, Mike Acevo closing in on a return. He's on the extended bench and he played New South Wales Cup last week. So if he's right to go, he'll take the place of Bailey Simonson. And he could replace Tom Opacich with Wanga Blake going to the centre, maybe. For Murata Nikakora has been named Nikakora, sorry, he's been named on the bench with Isaiah Papali'i shifting to lock, and Brad Arthur could switch those around on Sunday, giving Papali'i's form. That's Isaiah on the right edge throughout 2022 so far. It's a tough one because I don't think Parramatta were real great last week, and you never know what Parramatta is going to come out. If you get the physical Parramatta that like to bash up teams, then Raiders might be in trouble here. But then again, Raiders don't mind bashing up teams either. It's going to be a bash-a-thon. You'd think after last week's victory, being back at home, they'll they'll have a big crowd there. Mm. Sunday afternoon... Nice and so, oh, Jesus! Indigenous be round. They got a lot yeah. of indigenous players. They got Adam Elliott, Jamal Fogarty. I want to pick him. I haven't picked him all year. No, but I feel like I'm going to pick him this week, and I'll be brutally disappointed. My no. only problem is the bench. They don't seem to have a lot of size on. Well, they got Sutton, Chris Horsburgh on the bench, but of course, Sebi Chris will come into the starting side. So who do they move up? They must be moving up. Uh, I don't know. Who do they? Maybe Corey Hadawiranora is going to get a crack. I don't. I can't see. They're going to have to get yeah, another I think, forward on the bench. I think Hadawiranora was come will come in because he can cover centre in a pinch. He'd have to. He'd have to come in. Chris Chris into the team and then Chan on the bench. There so. you going? Canberra. Yeah, me too. God damn it! I don't, don't want to pick, pick him. him. No, because they, anyway, like you said, they're only. They're only like one thrashing away from breaking our hearts again, but I don't know. They bloody hell, they played good last week. Referee in this one's Todd Smith. He's the the ranger, the ginger mm. referee. Oh yeah, that kid. Is and then good? Casey Badger running the line with Matt Noyan. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't know. Hopefully the referee doesn't come into it, so we don't have to um, even mention him. 
Well, I'm not criticising him anymore. No. Well, that's it. That's round 12, Indigenous round. I hope you enjoy your rugby league this week because I certainly am going to. I'm going home right now to arrange my position for tonight's game against, uh, what is it again, Storm and... Oh, Storm Seagull. See, we've yeah, got something to look forward to Just already. be careful of your couch and you don't hurt yourself on your couch. Like, I'm uh, going to have to go down and get some snacks in because my wife's away in Brisbane. She's usually the snack chief. Who's your favourite Indigenous player? Of all time? All time. <sighs> Laurie Daly. Oh. It's a tough one. Laurie Daly. No. Oh. Jack Whiten. No, Mal Meninga. <laughs> it just goes on and on and on. Kenny Nagus. I don't know. Mine's Mal. Mal, yeah. It's hard to go past Mal, Laurie. All Lot. right. Any final thoughts? Well, we don't thankful Thursday. <laughs> oh, no, we haven't. You know what I'm thankful for? What? Dairy products. Jeez, I love dairy. <laughs> I love milk. I love cream. You are a renowned milk lover. <laughs> I love yogurt. Oh, I got some yogurt in the fridge. I've been eyeing it off. It's just wonderful. But is it uh, that we have a, a wonderful yogurt industry over here? Yeah, browns? It's, no, it's not browns. It's at Tamar Valley. Oh, which I believe might be made from the finest uh, creams from Tasmania. Jeez, <laughs> oh, I tell you, bloody get out there and support your dairy industry this weekend, and get as much dairy into you, if you can. I don't if wanna, you can tolerate it. I, I I love to see you enjoy your creams and milks. Next time, <laughs> when you uh, <laughs> next time you feel like indulging in in uh, cream, just have a look at how many calories are in. Oh, I know. I'm not fooling. <laughs> it's myself. it's shocking. I know. I'm not fooling anybody. Myself. So. I couldn't believe because I I mean I've been a bit blasé about cream consumption over the years, but um, I, I looked up the calories once and I could not believe it. I yeah. thought it must have been a typo. But it's not. It's unbelievable. But, um, but see, I'm torn with my my milks because I really like oak. I love oak-flavoured milks and I'm not much of a dare kind of guy. You know, if I've got a fridge full of dare or oak, I'll go oak every time. But well, dare, no one, of course, are a sponsor of the Raiders. Nobody should be drinking dare or oak over here when you've got Masters. Farmers Union. Oh, Farmers Union. But that's South Australia, I'm pretty sure. Is it? Yeah, no, Masters is, I think, the WA. Well, we've got Browns, but... I'm 100% sure that Farmers Union is South Australian. You just look that up while uh, while I'm talking about dairy. <laughs> what's your favourite dairy? You got a favourite? What's your favourite flavoured milk? You're really? right. It is South Australian, oh, but it's owned <laughs> it's owned by the Japanese company Kieran. Well, like I said, there's not much I don't know about flavoured milks <laughs> or dairy products because, geez, I'm all across it. I love it. I love it. Um, no, but yeah, they're owned by Kieran, who's a beer manufacturer in Japan. Mm, My favourite dairy. I don't. I don't. I'm not no, much of not a dairy, dairy guy these days because I'm I'm living healthily. But um, oh god, you know what I used to love? What's that? Um, strawberry milk. Strawberry milk's my favourite. No, um, crunchy nut cornflakes with cream. Oh, with cream. Oh, come on. <laughs> well, just normal cornflakes for me. But any, yeah. I, I shudder to think how many calories, but I, I used to eat big Donny bowls full of that. Yeah, you used to be able to burn them off too. <laughs> yeah, maybe. No, well, I did because I got up to 127 kgs. <laughs> I'm not quite so there I wasn't, yet. But... I wasn't really burning it off. <laughs> but gee, I used to enjoy that. That's given me a, a, just a big flash of nostalgia. Oh. Yeah, that's what I'm thankful for. <laughs> nostalgia. 
<laughs> being able to remember the creams of past. Did you ever heat your cornflakes up in the microwave? No, I, like I used to heat up. I used to heat up the milk, thinking that the cornflakes wouldn't go soggy, but they do. It just must be the heat. But I can, I can, I can feel that texture in my mouth right now. <laughs> hot cornflakes. Yeah. Did I ever enjoy that? No, I probably I did because I used it. to. I used to put about four. Soup spoons full of sugar on top. Well, that was back in the 80s. You used to be able to, bloody sugar was good for you back in the 80s. So it was cream. Cream was bloody good for you back in the 80s. Where do you stand on butter? Do you like do you like a, a spreadable butter, like the manufactured stuff that's soft out of the fridge? Or are you, are you a hard block of... No, I don't like hard blocks of butter. I, I, I'm a margarine guy just because of the convenience of it. Really? Yeah, I love the taste of butter though, of course. Who doesn't? Margarine? Well, it's easy for easy. It's just a convenience. You know thing, what you do? You go down and you get a block of Western Star butter, mm-hmm. and you buy a butter dish and leave yeah. it on your bench. It doesn't well, go off. Well, ma- well, no. Then maybe that's what I need to do. The Savo is go get a butter dish in amongst all the other things. I got parent teacher interview today. God knows what's going to happen there. I might be ready for some butter after that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next week. So at home